Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Cockpit. I'm your host, Graham Lawhead. We had a rainy race in uh, Coda. It seems that uh, they didn't have too many, you know, sunny days down in Texas. The second day of qualifying was actually a lot rainy, so not a lot of people went out. So the starting grid for Saturday, the Saturday race, was Hunter Feld's Baron in uh, his Mysterian uh, with a 244.1. Chris Janerjohn in his Vortec in a 246.2. Mike Landon with a 248.5. Stephen Rainey with a 250.6. And William Dwight Calkins with a 257-2. And the race results were Hunter Feltz Barron with the win, uh, with the be- turning the best time of a 242.0. Mike Landon in second with a 247.1. And Chris Jennerjohn in third with a 244.3. Stephen Araney in fourth with a 247.55. And it looked like William Dwight Calkins. Play 252.7. That was the Saturday race. And the Sunday race was a wet one as well. Seemed, uh, I actually watched some of the live stream and it was seemed very foggy and uh, not the best conditions for racing. However, uh, it seems like they had some fun out there. Also, Chris Jenner John sent me some of his in car video of the race on Sunday and it was very tight the entire way. Did a lot of back and forth passings on some straights and into some corners and it came down actually to the second to last turn where they were side by side with uh, Hunter Feltz Baron on the inside uh, but it seemed like Chris uh, got around him at the very end. The race results were Chris Jenner with the win, Hunter Feltz Baron in second, Mike Landon in third, William Dwight Calkins in fourth, and Stephen Rainey in fifth. Here's what Chris Janjan had to say after the race. It was awesome to watch, and I'm sure it was great to be a part of. What was it like from your seat? Uh, it was fun. When I saw him spin the first time, I thought, oh, good. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. But he is one talented driver, and uh, he came back so quick, asked me, and I thought, I'm so old. Will I be able to hang on to him? And somehow I was able to. And uh, I tell you what, I felt real comfortable driving with him after just a couple of laps. And... You know, a lot of young guys just don't have that discipline, and uh, I'd race up in any day. He's a good, good driver. So he is obviously referring to Hunter Feltz Baron. Chris Janerjohn has obviously been in the sport for quite a long time, and that is high praise from somebody coming through who does a lot of races and has raced a lot of places amongst, amongst a lot of young drivers and a lot of different drivers. That is surely high praise from coming from him. I did some research on Hunter Feltz Baron. It seems like he did some racing uh, vintage last year in a V, so he's uh, has some experience in the Formula V. It definitely seems like he could be one of the fresh new faces of Formula V. And that's all we have for the results of the past races. And now we're going to go and get into the interview. This is with Bill Szynski. He's one of the nicest guys I've probably ever met. Um, he actually lives the town over from me back home, so this was a really easy interview to do. Also, I've had a lot of requests to do some vintage um, talk some vintage and do some vintage discussions. So Bill is one of the guys that I look to first on that as he's one of the uh, only couple guys that I know that runs vintage and a CCA. So I wanted to get you know a good comp- compare and contrast of what that opinion was like for him and how he liked one c- compared to the other and how it compared for him. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the interview. Hello and welcome. I'm here in uh, cold Chicagoland today with uh, June Sprint winner Bill Szynski. Bill, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Graham, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, so I'm sitting in your new uh, beautiful office, a little bit still under renovation, but uh, you're for your company, Studio 21 Architects. Uh, so what does your Studio 1 do? They Do they do commercial, residential? Do they do it both? Yeah, we do both. Uh, we're, we're, we've been, I've been an architect for over 40 years now, and um, I really enjoy it. I like uh, helping people, and we create designs that uh, enhance people's lives. So that's kind of what drives me for the architectural end. And uh, Studio 21, obviously, if you know me from racing, there's a connection with the 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, my racing number got pulled into the name of the company when we rebranded ourselves. So um, racing is a big connection in my life. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so when did you first start racing Formula V? I started racing in 1978 was my first driver school. Driver school? And where was that? That was at Blackhawk Farms. Uh, Tom Stefani was my uh, race instructor. And I've known Tom since then. And we've, we've been friends, you know, all along ever since then. And um, 
uh, you know, the first time in a Formula V was actually uh, the first time I actually saw a Formula V race was from inside the cockpit of the car, believe it or not. Wow. I knew nothing about Formula V. Wow. So why'd you, I guess, why'd you pick it or did you not pick it? I didn't even pick it. My brother picked it for me. <laughs> so just a real quick uh, history of like my connection with racing. There was none growing up other than when I was a kid. I always dreamed of winning the Indy 500, not knowing just that I was a kid. I was naive. A I lot of us. Anyone could do that, right? <laughs> yeah. And all of us. Probably everyone that's driven a race car kind of had that dream that uh, it wasn't that uh, World Series uh, home run. It was winning the Indy 500. So... Uh, always had that, never knew how to get into it, um, was flying planes at the time, and my brother went to the Naval Academy, and he comes home uh, Thanksgiving weekend, 1977, and said, hey, there's a car for sale, do you want to go take a look at it? It's a Formula V. It's like, okay, I don't know anything about it, so I go take a look. Uh, we go to this uh, little old wooden garage in, in Hinsdale, and... Uh, Paul Seaforth, Formula V driver, okay. had it for sale. It was a Lynx A. And looked at it. Oh, man, this is cool. It's a race car. Yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you get in it? And it's like, okay. So I slid myself in the car. And I said, oh, this is great. And uh, then he says, why don't we fire it up? So we fired it up. And the engine's reverberating throughout the garage and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to buy this thing. So. <laughs> Next thing you know, Monday morning, I'm scraping down $1,700 to buy this race car. Yeah. And, and I owned it. And then that was in November. And then the next spring was my first driver school. And I knew nothing about Formula V and just went to the track and uh-huh. learned since then. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we were kind of talking about um, what makes Formula V special to you. So like, I guess uh, we were talking about how you did the flag at IMS and how you got everybody to sign it. I feel like you're a big camaraderie guy when you go to the track and inside the paddock. So I guess what makes Formula V so special to you? Is it just that camaraderie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was never that way when I first started. You know, I was I was shy and I didn't know, you know, I, I was almost afraid to talk to some of the other drivers. And, you know, there, there were a few people that I'd rely on uh, for help. Bob Lieberger was one of those people. Of course. Uh, and, and many others. And, uh, but... I've, you know, after, especially after I came back into racing after a recession, because I took some time off, I've really embraced how much fun it is as a social gathering of people. And, and it's more than just getting in the car and racing. It's, it's the people that, that we enjoy uh, at the track and, and just have fun at and have fun with and, you know, everything from you guys goofing around on a golf cart and, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and I embrace that. So, um, and when I started racing, vintage racing as well, that was something, and, and I'm sure you'll ask me about vintage racing at, at, at some point here, but, uh, you know, that's what I really enjoy now is the camaraderie, the competition, and, um, you know, just those are two things that are really, really great racing in general yeah i've i've noticed that um i've looked at it on your website a lot which is extremely well done by the way that website is really well and i like how you uh talk about um your racing with the, on your website and you talk about how like racing and the competition like your love for competition has made you a better architect which i thought was really interesting and um just like how like that like pushed you to be a better architect which i thought was really great well yeah i it does and you know part of Getting a car ready to, for the grid and knowing that they're not going to wait for you. Yeah, you have to you have to be ready, or they're going to start the race without you. And and you have to d- decide what's most important. Some things are less important than others, and I think I run the business that way too. When there's something that's a priority, you know, we can gather our resources and make those things happen, and it works well for our clients. And it's just that frame of mind that's uh, that you know puts priority there that maybe other people don't have. But, yeah, uh, it really helps drive me and uh, it's worked well for me. So uh, I guess, as you mentioned, you drive vintage as well. So I guess what's the difference between like uh, a vintage race and like an SCCA majors race? OK, um, they're similar and yet they are so different. Uh, okay. uh, the you know, when I first started racing vintage, well, I, I, I wasn't even interested in vintage. And again, it was my brother and Tom <laughs> Stefani that kind of dragged me into it. Uh, Tom always said, 
you know, vintage racing is like an excuse to have a, you know, to drink beer. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I like beer. That's good. And, uh, and I like racing. So uh, at some point, my brother was, he had a, a, a vintage Lynx B uh, put together and he raced it a little bit, but then he moved down to Arizona and the car was going to go back down to Arizona with him. And I said, I'll, and he kept saying, drive the car, drive the car, you know, and it's like, I don't want to, vintages for old people, I'm not old yet, <laughs> so I'm, I don't, you know, it's not for me. And uh, so he convinced me to drive it, and I got in the car, and I had a blast. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, the first driver's meeting, um, they say, you know, this is vintage racing, you know, drive at eight tenths, you, you know, you don't want to be out there destroying cars. No one's going to become a, for, a Formula One driver yeah. because of this. It's like, okay, it's like it's vintage racing. And okay, if they want us to parade around, so be it. And, you know, get in the car and get out on the track. And I'll be damned if the top drivers weren't driving 10 tenths or even 11. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. so I said, well, that's crap. I'm not driving eight tenths. So I got yeah. with the rest of them, got with the game. And, and quite honestly, the front of the pack is as competitive as SCCA majors. It really is. Um, it's just different cars, simpler technology. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tires are different. Um, lap times are a little bit slower. But as far as competition... You know, there's there's big fields and I and I love it and you know the camaraderie and everything else is the same. So uh, you run two Lynx Bs, right, for vintage? Right. Yes. Um, I, I actually the the one that we rebuilt and I started driving this year uh, was actually and I didn't realize it till I got out the logbook and looked back further. It's actually a car my brother drove that I drove against him back in the in the 80s. And he had that car, and uh, it was basically converted to a, a Lynx C, or a Caracal C. Yeah. You know, the zero roll and everything. So we took that frame and modified it back to a, to a Lynx B. And so now I got to race with my son, Brian, this this year, and it's, that was a blast in itself. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've got two, I've got four cars in my possession right now, two SCCA cars and two vintage cars and two trailers and two tow vehicles, and there's only one of me that races, so yeah. isn't that crazy? Yeah, I've seen your garage, and it's really, it's a, like a, it's a one-car garage, but it's a tandem, so it goes really long, yeah. and I'm like, you got four Vs in there, and it's... Well, I can't fit four, four in there, and I, and I can only drive one tow vehicle at a time, and, and uh, <laughs> But, but it has been a blast to have my son race. And I used to enjoy when I'd race with my brother. Yeah. And it brought a whole different level to the, to the fun and enjoyment of racing. And I'm sure that's what you see when yeah. now that you're racing with your dad and, yeah. or you're going to. Yeah, going to. I haven't, we haven't raced yet together. So yeah. first race will be mid-Ohio okay. together. But I think that's the thing about Formula V is that there's so many, you know, um, second and even third generation racers. And then there's a lot of brothers teams like... The Abbots, and then the Jenner Johns, or uh, father son, and even father grandfather. Winston's, uh, and, yeah, Winston's uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's that's really cool. Yeah, to have seen these these guys grow up, and I've been around for a long time, obviously, yeah. and see these these kids that were just you know barely walking around, and now you know they're they're racing against us. Yeah, and and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and my son, he's I mean he's a he's a good driver. He's he's awesome. I I was very impressed with uh, what he was able to accomplish this first year of vintage racing. So, so did he uh, take his driver school last year? Yeah, he started out um, in uh, at, at Gingerman. And with a uh, VSCDA and driver school, and, and uh, he was out there uh, hanging with uh, a Continental and a Mazda, Formula Mazda, and everything yeah. because they would kind of pull away on the straights, but he could, you know, pass them in the corners, the corners and yeah. stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, and I, it made me proud to see, and just in what the, the other instructors were saying about him, you know, and just, uh, you know, how how much talent he had and just, he, I mean, he was cautious when he needed to be cautious and everything. Exactly. And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's going to be good like the rest of you guys. So yeah. it's going to be fun to, to be around for a while watching, watching the second and third generation out there. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I think, um, you really need to be heads up and I'm, I'm 
like you were saying, Brian, was especially when you're running like a regional like that because they'll put you with, you know, Continentals and Atlantics and stuff. And those guys have so much horsepower compared to, you know, your little tiny V. Um, so I guess that you really need to be heads up about that. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely. And the same thing with vintage racing. Yeah. Because vintage racing, there is a bigger spectrum of talent, too. And and there's some, some you know, slower guys out there. And, mm-hmm. and when you're racing, uh, you know, with two or three or four people and you come upon that, you just really have to be cautious. And, and you just don't always know if they're paying attention to yeah. what's coming up on them. And, yeah. Uh, and same thing with uh, multi-class racing. And, exactly. And I remember the days when it was just Formula Vs, and that was fun. And, and uh, then when you know the 440s started coming into mm-hmm. the class, and now you know it's it's different. But you know you 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 learn to deal with it. You, you they're out there. They you have to share the track and uh, you know, respect each other, and everything should be fine for the most part. Yeah. So is are you, is Brian going to try and get started more in SCCA, or is he going to stay in vintage, or is he going to keep racing more for uh, sure? I've got a car if he wants it for SCCA. The um, citation, I've correct? Got the citation that uh, that I used to drive, um, and I've got my Vortec now, which has been a, a blast to drive, and um, and thanks to to Chris Jenner John for sucking me into that one. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, "Well, here's a car. You can borrow it if you know, just use it for one weekend. See if you like it, and then I have to go out and buy one." So yeah. You know, it's, but um, but it, it's been a fun car to drive. So, um, uh, but Brian will probably at least for this coming year. I think he's going to stick with um, just vintage, and um, and then we'll see what happens. You know, maybe SCCA the the next year. You know, given that the runoffs are at Road America. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, so uh, I guess a little bit more about the vintage. So, um, like, what is their like their version of SCCA? Is is SVRA correct? Well, there's 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 a couple SVRA, um, which I I'm used to the uh, VSCDA, okay, which, uh, which is more of a local group that runs okay uh, five races: uh, Blackhawk uh, twice. Uh, Gingerman, Grattan, and Road America. Okay, so say, kind of stay in the northern yeah, area. Yeah, staying in this general region yeah. here. Um, they also run some Nelson Ledges, I think. And then there's a group down in Texas that uh, there, there's a group of vintage uh, people down there. It's another you know, sub-chapter of vintage racing that I don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's a group out east and stuff. So I yeah. mean, there, there's different various groups of racing but so my only exposure has been with uh, vscda in the midwest and so does your secca license just work with that yeah they allow us to just um you know if you've got that license through secca you can just jump in the car and go i didn't need to go to a driver's school at yeah all. just jump in the car and go i'm sure that makes it you know a lot more convenient a lot easier for people to switch over to vintage you know not having the do all that stuff that you did almost like 30 or 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Right, right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to go through the, the driver school process and every, and all the, you know, the, the stuff that's associated with it, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Um, so we talked a little bit about, uh, before we started recording, about the vintage tire and how it's a, it's a treaded tire, mm-hmm. correct? So um, do you prefer that over, like, um, this new spec tire that Hoosier implemented for SCCA? Well, I, ha- I haven't driven the Spectator yeah. yet, so I-, I don't know what to expect on that. I assume it's going to be very similar in many ways to, to what the, we're, we're yeah. already driving. Um, but I, I, and I wish I had been more vocal about the whole, sp- during the whole Spectator conversation, because mm-hmm. I, I, I still think that a tire that's treaded and with a longer lasting, um, um, you know, more, more life to the tire, uh, I mean, we can do a whole season on one set of tires. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. And, and so the cost is definitely uh, reduced quite a bit. And I know there's a lot of talk about, well, it's not slick, so therefore it's not really racing and everything. But you know yeah. what? Everyone's got the same deal. It, it, may, you know, it all evens out if you're on that tire. But as I mentioned, you know, it, it, Road America, we used to get a lot of people out to those you know, races, you know, June sprints and such even though it was a hassle changing to a long box yeah. to do it. Yeah. But people were racing for points, and so you, you wouldn't miss those races. And, and uh, with the tire that we race in vintage, we just we have that same tire for Road America as well as uh, Blackhawk. It's the same tire. And rain or, rain or dry, it's the same tire. So yeah. essentially it really simplifies things a lot. And I think that's one of the things that 
think would be kind of a uh, the I'm not sure you know the younger generation yeah. if they if they're into doing as much work on the cars as we yeah. are used to and, and would do, but that would certainly simplify a lot of things uh-huh. you know, from a cost standpoint, and also just you know that that hesitation of do I put rain tires on or do I stay with slicks? I you know, yeah, it, it may downpour, may not. Well, you know, with those tires, you doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So I especially I think with you know Formula V, it's supposed you know it's the most like affordable way to as cheap as it gets to race you know and it was you know built to be an affordable class um so i don't really have a too much of opinion on it i guess i would maybe prefer slicks but it's not too big of a deal for me if we would have gone with a treaded tire but i think as long as we like stick to the roots of formula v and keeping it an affordable class for everybody i think that's really what's most most important to it and that's that's something i i wish we quit going off on tangents sometimes with Formula V, and that's why I like Vintage, uh-huh. because there's less running tangents of doing other yeah. things. Uh, but I remember when, you know, they had, you know, this cheater, f- you know, fuel. Yeah. And, you know, then you had to do all this fuel testing and everything, but people would spend, you know, $100 a gallon or whatever it was. I haven't, I, I don't even recall the details. <laughs> but it's like, well, it just forces everyone to do that yeah. if they want to be competitive. And it's like, why do that? Mm-hmm. You know, let's just go out and race and have fun. And that's yeah. that's the way I've always looked at Formula V. And, and yeah, there's always someone on the cutting edge and you're, you're kind of looking at, you know, the Mark Donahue kind of approach of, yeah. you know, you're going to, Take it to take the rules to the edge, and that's fine. But I just, you know, you just hate to see it where where it just becomes everyone has to do it now because it's, yeah. you know, it's the only way to be fast. And and you know, if we never brought, a, you know, a thousand dollar manifold into the equation or stuff like that, then you know, it it would just be more affordable. Yeah, and you know that you know in turn can you know force people out of the class because, you know, some people you, you know you can't. You, you want to be competitive, and if you can't, you know, if you can't do that, you know, a thousand dollar manifold or, you know, tires or something like that, then that just puts you out of the class, and that's not what anybody wants. Yeah, and and it's you, you want to. You're not everyone's going to be able to win. Obviously, yeah. I've I've you know I'm not one that's always on the podium, uh, <laughs> but but I've enjoyed racing, and I've I've had that enjoyment you know through the years of of winning races, but. Um, you know, I'm not going to mortgage the house in order to do it either. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, Even um, though I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Scott is your crew chief. So, I guess, right. um, what's his, like, I guess, how did that get started with, like, him crewing for you? Okay, interesting story. Um, <laughs> so, uh, years ago, uh, before, I, before I knew him, uh, 1996 or about, he, uh, I, I was having... I needed to change the brakes on my trailer. Uh, trailer needed new brakes, and uh, so I, I dropped it off. They had he was a maintenance guy where I kept the trailer. Okay. And uh, so he did the work on the trailer, and I took it to a race, and I came back on a Sunday evening, and he happened to be there, and he asked me, "Hey, how how did everything go?" And I said, "You know what? It went perfect." I said, "I'm at that point in time. There were two or three things that had happened where I brought something in to get fixed, and it wasn't fixed right, and it was." You know, he had to take it back at a second or third time. Mm-hmm. I said it was all perfect, and I, I appreciate everything you did. And we got talking. He asked about the cars. We talked about that. So he said, "Hey, do you, you know, I'd love to come up to a race." And so I invited him up to a race, and mm-hmm. uh, he's been coming to races ever since. And uh, he's just been um, just a great source. The only thing he would. He's he's a welder uh, in what he did at the time. He was a fabricator and he for cranes and everything he would do would be like you know double triple the weight and, <laughs> and size necessary to get the job done. We always joke about it, but yeah. uh, you know it's always like Scott, make it lighter. You know yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. you're doing, it doesn't need to be this heavy. And uh, and yet we broke a piece at Road America last year, and you know I went into the wall at the kink. So you know it was yeah. this part that's. Scott said, you know, if it was a little bit thicker, it wouldn't have broke. So, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, but Scott, Scott and I have uh, become tremendous friends, and uh, and we have a lot of fun at the track. And, yeah, we've had our ups and downs through the years. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing friendship. And how long has he been coming to the track with you? Since uh, 96, I think. Wow. Yeah, so over 20 years. Yeah, wow. Do the math. <laughs> like that. Yeah, um, 21 years. So uh, I guess 
I imagine your sprints would probably be up there for most memorable race. Yeah, that was I obviously that that was for me. I never I knew I could never win the the national championship, but uh, Bob Leib, Leibarger always said, you know, the sprints is more important for me to win than the national championship, mm-hmm. and I I kind of felt the same way in a, in a in a way, and I don't know why it is, but Road America being kind of my home track, the track that I enjoy the most, and yeah. everything. Um, that was that was a tremendous uh, accomplishment. It was it was a lot of fun. It uh, I had been set up to hopefully draft up to the to the line at the you know in the last lap, and then there was a accident with Bruce Livermore and such, and I just kept my foot in it and, and kept going and you know took the lead you know going through that mess. I think it was third at the time. And um, you know, went on and take the take the flag, and uh, at the time they gave you a hat and a ring, and I remember you yeah. know, having the ring on me when I woke up the next morning. It's like, wow, that really did happen. It wasn't yeah. a dream, and so that was really cool. Uh, our engine builder, uh, Mike Palermo, I had called him, and he was really excited uh, for me and such, and and uh, it was just a lot a lot of fun to have something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you know. I imagine uh, that's, you know, that was when the sprints was, you know, a really big race, right? And you had yeah. like 30-something cars, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. That was still, it was very competitive at the time and, and a lot of cars, big fields and yeah. such. And I've had, I've always had a lot of success at Road America. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been, it's it's one of my favorite tracks. So I imagine that obviously be probably your favorite track. You know, I've got three favorite tracks. All right, let's right? hear it. <laughs> yeah, you can't just have one. Um Road America because it's a, a giant chess game. Yeah, I, I, it's like a chess game at speed. You, uh-huh. you and, and I think that's where I have why I have success there is that always thinking two three corners in advance how I want to draft and you know you can go from sixth to first at the length yeah. of a straightaway yeah. and, and you and you know that's going to happen and you just kind of play that whole game and. And I always used to be a Jenner John sandwich with you know, <laughs> yeah. Brian and Chris, yeah. and I was in between them, and and you know drafting and bumping, and we, we don't do that. But anyhow, yeah, of course, know, not. of course not. <laughs> um, not in front of the cameras. No. Uh, anyhow, um, so that that makes that's always been a fun track, and I've always had a lot of success there. Uh-huh. And, uh, another fun track is uh, Mid Ohio because it's very challenging, and it's got a lot of uh, terrain and. and mm-hmm. uh, and such and and probably the another track that i really love is groton yeah that track is just um it's a mini mid ohio mm-hmm. and you're busy constantly blind corners uh you know ups and downs and uh you know the jump where you you know you come down the cars yeah you know momentarily off the wheel you know off the pavement and then you come down and when i first went there i'd spin every time because I'd, I'd hit the brakes before the car was fully planted yeah and it's like why did i spin and then you know i figured it out you know yeah um but that's a fun track and you know very it's it takes a lot of energy to run it and um you know you kind of almost you get on the main straight and it's like ah, i can i can breathe for a second yeah. which, which makes it fun so anyhow those are my three favorites. Uh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people. Um, I actually interviewed Adam last night, and everybody everybody has nothing but good things to say about Groton, about how it's just a lot of fun. It's a demanding track, but it's one of the most fun tracks out there. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, Groton... Have you driven it? No. This this June, I'm running it. And it's so. not on iRacing. No, so it's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to, you know, do a test day or something and get yeah. some time, but... Yeah, iRacing is something where I've been able to help. You know, I've done it in Mid Ohio and Road America and stuff like that. So, and I've actually been doing some VIR. So, uh, iRacing definitely helps me for racing for sure. Yeah. And I know you used to do it a lot, right? I used to do it more. I haven't had time recently, but I'm going to get back to it eventually because there's a lot of fun and yeah. there's a lot of V guys that we would get together on a Thursday night. Verisons and Woodstons and, uh, and uh, yeah, just. A bunch of people like that, and I know that my son Brian now he's with a group from the East Coast that are all getting together on a Thursday night and racing together. Yeah. So, uh, so that kind of makes it even more fun than just the regular eye racing is yeah. you know, racing against people. You For know. sure. So yeah. Yeah, I, I so I was at Adams last night and he showed me his whole big setup and stuff. So he's got a whole little area mar- marked off for it. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess we'll go in. Have, have you ever had a really bad wreck or anything like that? Yeah, I um, interest. Another interesting story. <laughs> you've got the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're down. Uh, 
I think I was, I was with my, my brother. We both went down to uh, Road Atlanta, and uh, we were racing uh, down there. And Stephen Davis got in a bad wreck in turn one on the Saturday qualifying day and ended up in the hospital. And he, he banged up his leg, and, and I, I don't know all the details, and HEPA laws won't allow me to dis disclose any of that <laughs> anyhow. But uh, so... Driving to the hospital, my brother had this girlfriend that uh, he was dating at the time, and she asked me, you know, have you ever been in a bad wreck? And yeah. This was in the late 80s, and, and I said, you know, I've been racing 10, 12 years or whatever it was at the time. I said, I've never had a bad wreck. You know, every once in a while, you know, banged up the nose or, you know, broke a, a suspension piece or something like that, but nothing, nothing major at all, right? The next day, going down into the kink, um, when they still had the kink at Road Atlanta, yeah. or not the kink, I'm sorry, the dip uh, at Road Atlanta, um, there were three or four of us in a, in a tight draft, and the car behind hit my, my rear tire, and his car went over the top of me. It, it um, hit his axle, hit my helmet, wow. knocked me out. I went flying across the track one side, then the other, and wow. somehow got out of the car. I don't even know how I did it. It was instinctively. I just got out, crawled up the embankment, and collapsed. And uh, ended up at the track hospital, and they're all asking me all kinds of stupid questions, like, where am I? I said, Road America. And they said, no, you're in Atlanta. And he said, you, you know what, uh, what day it is? I, I said, well, or what, you know, yeah, what the date is. And I said, well, if we're at Road Atlanta, it must be October, because that's when they yeah. the runoffs. I said, no, it's April, or whatever that spring. Yeah, the major March, was. Yeah, yeah, the, the was national. Time. Yeah, the national. And uh, I said, okay. And, and they kept asking me questions, who's the president, yeah. all that stuff. I got everything wrong except for who the name of my brother's girlfriend was. That's the first one I got right. <laughs> Anyhow, I ended up in the same hospital where Stephen Davis was at that wow. night with a concussion and such. And that was probably the worst one. Uh, you know, didn't do a huge amount of damage to the car. And uh, basically, other than getting knocked out and the concussion, you know, I was fine. And I had another one at Blackhawk that put me way up in the air uh, and kind of flipped over three times in the air. Wow. Where was it? What, what corner was that in? Turn four before they put okay. the chicane in. Oh, before they, okay. Yeah, and touched tires with another car, and it just launched me um, treetop height. Wow. And uh, it, it, later on, they showed a picture in Sports Car Magazine of me hanging upside down. It was their article on safety equipment, and it said, have you thought about your safety equipment? And there yeah. was a picture of me hanging upside down, just ready to hit the ground, yeah. you know, but uh, that was, that one I walked away from a little bruise on my on my knee, but other than that, I was fine. But I was, uh, I was hanging upside down, buried in the dirt, and I heard the corner workers come and say, oh, this, is, this isn't good, and they asked, you know, hey, driver, are you okay? And yeah, I said, I'm fine. Just get this thing flipped over, <laughs> yeah. already, you know. And so I was fine, but it just, you know, it's just a measure to the safety that you know that we that we have with the cars and for sure. And, 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 and kudos to the safety workers and everything too, because they're they're essential. Yeah, for sure. And volunteers, for and sure. Volunteers, yeah. My daughter did that for a while. She she did uh, corner flagging and stuff, yeah. and and that was a blast when she was doing that because I got to meet a whole different group of people for sure the corner workers that, yeah you know are out there and you know they all knew me from my car color and everything else yeah. and all the stories they had to tell from a different perspective was yeah. very interesting i actually wrote down your car color so you used to have the citation was uh, like a purple and teal yeah teal and like magenta that? teal magenta excuse and, me and, and, excuse and me tom stefani will always make some comments <laughs> about the cars and the colors and everything else. so uh when i was growing up that was your car was my favorite car because I, I was a big teal guy i guess and oh, i really? love the i love the color teal <laughs> and then you painted your wheels uh match, teal yeah, yeah to match the car so I guess why why the teal and magenta is it just two favorite colors. I had had uh, you know at some point you know a red car, uh, a, a signal green, signal blue. Um, I, which my my son is going to paint the vintage car to those colors. Really? Yeah. When, the when the when one I that's had, like uh, red right now, the darker red. Yeah. Okay. The maroon one. He's in the process of painting that to a vintage color scheme that I drove back. 
in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. That's, so that's kind of awesome. cool. That's yeah, that's really pretty cool. awesome. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, at one point, it was time to paint the car. I think it, at that point, I bought the Predator. And um, it's like, I need a different color. And we happened to go to the aquarium uh, with the kids. And, <laughs> and, and I saw these vivid tropical fish. And I said, that's what I want. I want yeah. that and I want that. <laughs> and we're going to make it work. And, and so we painted the... Uh, the um, uh, predator that, and then ultimately the uh, the citation as well. All right. So, what would you call your vortex? What color is that? That's a purple. That's a purple. That okay. Is a purple. That's yes, a purple. Yes. And why that? You ask. Yeah. You why? didn't ask. Well, why? Why the purple? <laughs> why that? I uh, did see that when you first uh, got the car and got it from painted. You had the. I don't know what that grape uh, soda beer type thing, and you said it would be a great sponsor. Oh yeah, it would be a great sponsor. So may, maybe yeah, that. No, no <laughs> nothing to do with that. Actually, that was uh, during one of the um, the Blackhawks when they were in their. You know, this is only a few years ago when they were doing well, and my youngest son Dan and I were watching games and playoff games, and at some point they had a, uh, a Crown Royal uh, Blackhawk commemorative. Um, package and, okay. and the purple of the crown royal yeah. was that's an interesting color let's go with that so yeah. i took it to the paints and i said match this and this is the color i'm going with wow so yeah actually uh, um our uh number font on our cars and uh the crown that we put on the front of the car yeah. that's from a uh, seagram seven really yeah so I that's was always wondering where the crown came from. yeah that's uh from seagram seven the crown is also because you know um my uh, grandfather was a dentist, dentist. so yeah, the crown yeah. crown on the teeth. But, uh, yeah, the crown, like the specific crown, uh, like the design was from the Seagram 7 bottle. Okay. So, so we got an alcohol thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, do you have any, like, extra funny stories that you want to tell? Yeah, you know, that. well, anyone that's raced for as long as I have and yeah, you got other some. people out there, they're all out there. We've got... A lot of stories, but one that the one that was really kind of kind of funny, and I always remember, and and I love my mom. She still comes to the track, and she's 87, 88, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, she still comes to the track whenever she can. She loves it. And uh, anyhow, racing at uh, it was my first national win. It was at a track that that we don't run anymore, but uh, it was the uh, Route sixty six track. Okay. And it was raining, and it was kind of like almost like a street course with all the concrete barriers and everything. But I've been leading the race in the rain and came out upon a back marker and and passed under the unknowingly passed under the yellow. I mean, I had the race in hand. It wasn't like I was trying to, you know, cheat the system. Yeah, of course. But it just did the visibility and where they placed some of the corner stations, uh, you couldn't see, I couldn't see that corner station. So I got pulled in, you know, won my first national race and I was just, you know, excited as all hell. And um, then they called me on the PA to come see the stewards and they said, you know, you passed under the yellow. I had no idea I passed under the yellow. <clears throat> so we go through that whole thing and finally they put me on probation, but let me keep my win. And it's like, okay, things are good. I'm, I'm happy. And then uh, we go to Groton the next weekend. Yeah. Not Groton, Gingerman. And my brother was racing Gingerman with us on that race weekend. Uh, he came from, uh, he lived in Michigan at the time, so we were both racing together. And uh, he passes under the yellow. Your brother? My brother. Okay. At, at Gingerman, the very next race. It's, maybe it's a little Szynski thing that's uh, like well, going exactly. on here. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, uh, so he has to go see the chief steward. I have to go see the chief steward because I'm also under probation and have to go talk to him as well. Yeah. So we come back to the paddock area and. Uh, it's like we both got pulled in from the yellow and, and uh, for passing on the yellow. And, and so my mom, this is classic, and I remember it forever, is uh, she said, well, maybe you guys aren't the problem. Maybe they just need to make the yellow flags bigger. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things that you know, she's going to defend her, <laughs> yeah, her kids. Yeah, her boys. It's like, we didn't make a mistake. They just yeah. need to make those flags bigger. So yeah. that was just, you know, just an ironic coincidence that, you know, we're both, you know, 
called in for doing the yeah. passing under the yellow for various reasons. I've seen that actually. I think some people they put like a black uh, border around the yellow flag now. I guess to make it maybe more visible to people. Oh really? But I don't. That that's in certain tracks. I feel like in so, certain be, regions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've never had a problem ever since. Yeah. But, you know, it's yeah. just that one time and. Uh, and I, it, partially because I don't think it was a, a corner station yeah. that was really that visible because it was a, you know, first time at the track pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyhow. I, yeah, for sure. That's, you know, uh, I know, remember at uh, Gingerman last year, they didn't cut the grass hard, high okay. enough and people were saying they had a hard time seeing a corner station. And so, and then the next day, um, that, that was on Saturday. The next day on Sunday, they uh, they ca- came out and mowed the grass. So. Okay, yeah. It's, I, can, I can see that happening. I mean, you know, it's it's tough enough sometimes when you're with traffic and everything's going on to yeah. sometimes catch, catch all the corner stations. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And sometimes... Um, at some of the corner, some of the corner stations are not, you know, placed in the best positions. I know at like Gingerman, there's that one. So when you're coming out of the uh, the bowl at the end, you got mm-hmm. that one far, way far up on the left, and you kind of have to make a effort to look over there if you really want to see that corner oh, station. Oh, there's one over there. Yeah. No, no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I told my dad that, and he said the same thing. He said I never knew there was one over yeah, there, yeah. and I was like, all right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, you guys are doing this a lot longer than I have, so. Um, so obviously racing is, you know, uh, Formula V racing is cheap, but you know, you know, if you still want to, if you buy a Vortec, I'm sure, you know, it's, you know, $12,000 or something like that. I don't, I don't know how much, you know, that's the price we tell our wives. Yeah. That, that that's <laughs> what you said. That, <laughs> but obviously, you know, uh, um, you know, Formula V racing isn't, um, it's cheaper than other racing, but it, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a couple hundred not bucks. Cheap, yeah. yeah. It's not kart racing or for some kart races, you know. When I was doing cart races, uh, entry fees were forty-five bucks, and you know, obviously, you're paying you know, four to five hundred dollars for an entry fee. So I guess why do you why do you race? Just the competition of it, or? I love the competition. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing. That the competition, the camaraderie. Quite honestly, it helps me keep my weight down. Yeah. If I if I wasn't racing and I didn't have to get into the car, I'd probably weigh thirty pounds more than I do. <laughs> it's just the re- yeah. reality, probably. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I just. It's really the kind. You know, I found I've got a competitive nature to me that, and and it didn't, and it didn't get. You know, um, it was something that I didn't see in other sports. You know, I never played basketball. I was never good at basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. none of those. And just auto racing is you know one of those things that I feel I can compete on a pretty good level and, mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun. I feel like a lot about uh, the passion for racing. People go, you know, you know, you're just driving in circles or something. But if for I, I guess just for us, it's so much more, and it's hard to like describe. You know, like your passion for racing. I feel it, like it is totally hard to describe. I mean, you, you, even I look at it from the outside and say, well, you know, you're just in the car and you're moving your feet a little bit, and you're moving your arms a little mm-hmm. bit. What makes it so hard? Yeah. Until you actually get in the car and you drive yeah. and you drive competitively, yeah. and then it's it's just a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. And, and I don't, I still don't know why it's it's as hard as it is at times, especially yeah. a track like uh, you know Groton, where you're constantly in corners and stuff, and you just come out and you just like ex- you're exhausted. Yeah. And, uh, and and it's and you can't explain it to other people until they do it. Yeah, for sure. And people, you know, people are like, "Oh, it's not hard. You're just driving around." But it is hard, to, you know, go fast and hit every apex. That's where the hard part gets in. So sure. concentration um, and everything. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, so uh, what's next for you? Are you are you what like what kind of races are you doing to this year? Well, okay. So what, what's next, just in just, general? <laughs> um, yeah. What's a couple things? Uh, number one, uh, I still want to enjoy racing, but. You know, it's 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 not it's not for the points. It's not for uh, the trophies or yeah. any of that. I mean, it, it's really to go out and have fun and enjoy it and come in after every session and really just know that you gave it the best. And it's and you know, sometimes it's better than others. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> so the two things, you know, we did. Brian just had my son just had a, a baby girl, so it's like okay, can I race long enough that we can have three generations? Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah, if she were to uh, to do that, and she f- watched her first Daytona, you know, twenty four hours of Daytona, so she's already been indoctrinated. That yeah, racing is in her future, <laughs> if she likes it or not. Right? Yeah, so, but um, so that would be cool. And then uh, the other thing would be. Uh, 
to be able to run some of the iconic tracks that I've never been to, like Watkins Glen, VIR, yeah. uh, tracks like that. I, I'd love to be able to do that. Uh-huh. And not necessarily at the runoffs, and you know, just go to a, a majors race or some mm-hmm. regional race and just go there to enjoy the track and have fun and, and you know. And see if it's really like what it is on iRacing. Yeah. yeah. I know uh, IMS was, a you know, a bucket list for you, as it was for oh, many. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I dev- I, that's also like some of the tracks I want, I want to go out and do. You know, Watton's Glen with so much history there with NASCAR and IndyCar and even F1. So, and get out to Indy and stuff. So, I definitely want to hit some of those iconic bucket list tracks. Yeah. I don't know anyone that raced at uh, Indianapolis that didn't have a, a special yeah. feeling for it you know just yeah. going under the tunnel uh, for the first time knowing that okay yeah. i've got the trailer behind me i'm going to race on that track above me yeah. that you know the andretti's and the uncers and all those guys raced at yeah it just uh it was something that was really special for me yeah, yeah. especially you know we had like uh like 40 something cars or something mm-hmm. so just having a big field there too would just i feel like made it even more special yeah um so yeah, that, definitely. That, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I'm sure we're going to get back there at some point, and I, I want to yeah. go back again because that was that was a lot of fun. I feel like they're uh, they're going to wait a couple years. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, they're doing this rotation of tracks, so I feel like they're going to wait a couple years, but I feel like when we do go back, I feel like there will be another big spike like they had this year, or 2017, where right. kind of everybody comes out, brings the car out of the garage, qualifies, and... You know, gets out there. Yeah, oh, I was. That was that was one of those highlights that I I enjoyed tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how'd you finish there? Do you do pretty well? Um, uh, I did all right. I got I got through kind of the the, the best. In yeah, turn, you turn one. In, so in if you got through one, turn one, that's already a plus. I think I would have <laughs> finished probably about eleventh. I ended up having fuel pickup problem the last three laps. Uh, okay. And so I lost uh, two or three positions right at the end there. I I through that, uh, that sweep in about turn four or five or whatever uh-huh. it was, and, and this, uh, the engine cut out on me for, you know, one or two seconds, and that yeah. was it, and I'd, boom, lose another position. So, uh, but even with that, um, I, again, I, I had a good time there. I mean, yeah, it it's IMS. I, I wanted to do better. I'm hoping that, you know, the runoffs, when they come back to Road America, uh, where I've had so much success in the past, I hope this time you know I can be there to compete. I was mm-hmm. there, you know, they, when they held it, it was during the recession, and I was broken, homeless, and couldn't really afford to do much mm-hmm. at the track that I thought that I'd have a chance of winning the national championship. So, yeah, yeah maybe you know, twenty twenty. Uh, there's that. There's the yeah, possibility, possibility of leaving the door open. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't count me out. Let's yeah. put it that way. Not not this year, 2019 VIR. 20, 20, uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna concentrate on 2020. Yeah, I w- yeah. We we're not 100 on VIR yet. You know, it's definitely a great track that, you know, it's a track that, um, an event like this hasn't been held up before. So I think that'll be special. But we're not 100 percent on it yet. Yeah. It is still. I think it's like a 12 and a half hour tow from us. Cause, okay. Uh, uh, we live, you know, we close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's a long tow. Um, it, well, it is a long tow, but if you're going for the week, it's, yeah. It's yeah. Nothing. You know, I mean, it's, it, I, I used to drive to Florida. I used to do races in Arizona. Yeah. And, yeah, we, yeah. And it would make going to road America, which is, yeah, you know, like two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half so. hours from us. But that would feel like a trip to the grocery store yeah. because you're driving yeah. for 20 hours to get yeah. to a track or 24 hours to get to a track and such. It's like that. That's just, that's an easy trip. So, yeah. yeah, even uh, yeah, even like when we feel when we go to Mid Ohio, it's like six hours for us. Mm-hmm. But and then when we go to you know Blackhawk is like an hour hour fifteen from us. And then um, well, and then on the way back from Mid Ohio, you guys have to stop at Culver's, uh, yeah. and of course that's where I happen to pull in that time. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Yeah. But yeah, that was crazy. Oh, and that was like. Th- Three hours into the trip or something too. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just ironic. <laughs> that, that was my stop, and that was where you guys were yeah. already there and everything. And it just one of those little, minor little things that happens yeah. with uh, with this group we call our racing camaraderie. Of yeah. People, so, yeah. So one quick thing I want to finish. Yeah. Um, so did you see the recent SCCA survey about the runoffs formats? I did not. Okay, so they kind of did. Uh, they're proposing a couple different formats. So. Um, one of the traditional format of kind of like uh, a Tuesday 
to Thursday or whatever we've been doing with the mm-hmm. four days of qualifying and then the racing on Friday, right. Saturday, and Sunday. So they're proposing that. Um, they're just like not proposing anything, just kind of getting a survey for every, okay. where everybody's at. Um, and then they're or they were kind of doing a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and then like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where they're so like half like the formula groups come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They do basically a half a week, uh, a full week of racing and half a week, and then the you know the tin tops come and do that. Um, and then they did some things where. Uh, traditional format but heat races do you have an opinion on any of that kind of stuff i don't like the idea heat races i don't like it either uh, i don't like it yeah. either i don't mind the double uh, double races for the majors yeah i don't that, mind that either that i enjoy but i think for the national championship it should be you know one race and you know winner take all kind of thing for and, sure and such but um you know i don't mind the week goes by so fast uh-huh. that i actually like the current format because even though you're there for a week and you yeah it's going to take time but you plan for that you know vacation time or mm-hmm. whatever um but um the, the, if you're spending time visiting with people i don't know a person that's gone to the runoffs that hasn't said come you know saturday or sunday when they're leaving that where'd all the time go yeah and so i don't think it, it doesn't bother me yeah you know to be there for the week it, it doesn't bother me one bit yeah I, so I, I i like that format but that's me yeah i i agree with you there um and my dad has agreed with that with the traditional format you know, i feel like three or four days is just i feel like it's rushing it and it makes it not that big one event that people try to you know people build up to i mean like all these races are kind of building up to the runoffs and to the the big race the championship race so i feel like keeping that and you know having it through you know a week is kind of where the you know the club should keep it and where a lot of people in my opinion would you know appreciate it as because especially because it brings in that camaraderie and that kind of family event because you know for our class, I you know it's kind of a bigger family, so I feel like that's where a lot of people would kind of, you know, uh, enjoy that. Yeah, and and that's that's a race where I've got the time to watch some other races. You For know, sure, yeah. On a regular race weekend, by the time you finish working on the car and everything, you just yeah. don't have time to go out and watch too many other races. So, you know, you've got that whole weekend, and except for your race and and such. You know, you've got time to, to maybe enjoy some of the other classes out there. Yeah. So if you split it up, that's, you know, not quite the same. Yeah, but. and especially, you know, you're, people from down south or west are coming out, and, you know, you get to see people that you haven't seen every, you know, every weekend at every other race. So, you know, just, you know, I don't know, just, you know, keeping in touch with people. I feel like, I don't know, I like the traditional format. I like the traditional <laughs> format, too. I, I don't, don't change that. Yeah, I, I don't like yeah. it either. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Bill, thanks for having me in this uh, beautiful office of yours. Uh, and, you know, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure for me. Oh, uh, it's been fun. I, it brought back a lot of memories just thinking about it and uh, some of the things that we've talked about. And I definitely want to see you interviewing as many Formula V drivers as yeah. you can because I think they all have a great story somewhere. Yeah, I think everybody's got great stories. And I, I'm trying to, you know, get as many people as I can. So. Good, good. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So. Thank you, Bill. All right, take care.